the vibes we're back with another episode of the hoop genius podcast presented by nba 2k22 speaking of 2k we've got a very special guest in a building today of course i'm momuzi alongside bj armstrong as always but today we're rocking with one of my favorite content creators from the nba world a man who does it all whether it be with the nba the g league 2k themselves is dom 2k in the building dom how you doing my bro uh, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for the invite. Excited to be here. Uh, me and you talked like, like years ago when you were telling me about a YouTube channel, I believe. And you, you know, you popped back up and you were like, "Yeah, I've got NBA players on the show and whatnot. Come through." And you know, I'm always excited to, to show my face in different places. So thanks yeah, for the invite. I, I had to get my clout up a little bit to get Dom on the show. You know what I'm saying? He weren't trying to hear it. Years ago. I had to come through with the big guns. BJ, how you feeling today? Oh man, I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm excited to to venture into you guys' world. I feel like you guys. Guys are in a totally different world. I'm looking at the green screen and at all of the video stuff that Dom got. I'm like, yeah, man, I gotta get caught up to speed here. So uh, I, I'm just, I'm just glad to be hanging out with the young guys. You know, you guys call me the OG. I'm calling y'all the YGs today. You know, <laughs> the YGs. You know, hey, man. Listen, doesn't matter if you're OG or YG. We gotta get straight to it. We cut to the chase right here. Without okay. further ado, we know why we're here. You guys have been waiting for it all week long. We're going to be breaking down the all NBA teams. Dom, BJ, and myself, we're going to break down our selections. So let's start right at the top. Dom, you're the guest on the show. You're all NBA first team. Which five players? Because this is really interesting. Jokic and Embiid are both eligible for guard and forward, which throws a spanner in the works now. So I'm very interested to hear your logic and your rationale and what you've picked. So let's hear it. Who's your starting five for the All-NBA first team? Uh, man, yo, I, I gave it a lot of thought because the Jokic and Embiid thing has been bothering me as we get up to these All-NBA selections. Like you said, the NBA has announced they can be put as forwards because, you know, they're both centers. However, it's like, man, first of all, just watching them, neither one of them play forward. You look at for per cleaning, cleaning the glass.com, neither one of them have played forward this year. <laughs> it lets it spin for like a couple of minutes. They don't do that. And uh, up until like a week ago, I was cool because they both obviously deserve first team. I was cool with it. But you do that and you are kind of robbing an actual forward out of a spot. So because of that, one of them is just going to have to get left off the first team, even though very obviously if we could actually do the teams the way I think they should be done, they would they would both be first team. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I've got I'm going to give my first team spot to Jokic I've been very adamant the entire year that whether he wins the MVP or not I think he's you know has the most value to his team but uh so I would give Jokic that center spot that would leave Giannis of course he, he's a lock there Luca I think you got to have him on the first team uh the last two I'm gonna go DeRozan and Booker so I know you're probably gonna I'm, I'm probably protect that because I see a lot of people saying John Morant um love John okay. Morant What's up? Run through that one more time. I'm just writing. I'm writing down a note right here so I can keep track. So you've gone with Jokic. Gotcha. So you've gone mm-hmm. with Jokic, Luca, Giannis, Giannis, of course. And then who's the other two that you've gone with? DeRozan and Booker. DeRozan and Booker. All right. All right. DeRozan, that's the interesting one for first team because he's cooled off a little bit as the season's progressed, especially since All Star. What made you want to put him in that first team over a few of the other guys? 
Yeah, when I'm looking at DeRozan, yeah, I'm, I look at these seasons as, and with any award we're looking at, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, whatever it is, I'm looking at the totality of the entire season. I don't know if DeRozan, for me, has cooled off enough individually for me to take him away from first team because that's where I've had him for most of the year. The on this Chicago team that had been missing Lonzo Ball, you know, they're still missing Lonzo Ball, by the way, um, mm-hmm. missing Caruso. And, you know, recently the Bulls, they have slid a little bit, but I think there was a big stretch there where we thought they were going to fall and they didn't. And at that point, he was basically – he spent a lot of time in MVP considerations. He spent a lot of time on the MVP list. I don't think he was ever going to win it, but it was a good point where he was around top five. I think he totally exceeded expectations this year as a Chicago Bull. Um, you know, being in San Antonio, I think there was a stretch where a lot of people hadn't been paying attention to his game. So, but there, there was definitely a jump this year, though. Going to Chicago, there was definitely a jump. Only taking the three pointers that he really needs, just super efficient from the mid range. Whether or not this all translates to the playoffs is one thing, but uh, I, I like him for for first team. That's where. I, Okay. I'm going to go. I think that's a solid five, but BJ, who's your first team All-NBA for this season? Well, you guys, I'm going to need you guys to correct me on all of the rules. These new rules, who's what? I'm just looking at who I think should be the, the, the best players, regardless well, well, of position. Because And the reason I'm saying that is because, you know, when you watch the game today, right, even though Jokic and MB, we look at them as centers, truly they're both positionless. Yes. And what they're doing in particular, Jokic. I don't know what he is. He's some, he resembles a basketball player who probably can't jump, jump as high to get on a, a penny. He can't, I mean, but he's, he's, he's a player. He's, I don't know what he is. He's the slowest point guard of all time. Yeah, but he, whatever <laughs> it is, it works. Okay. <laughs> and you know what I refer to him as, bro. So here, here we go. So you guys correct me if it's not right. Okay. I have Joel Embiid and Jokic and Giannis. Okay. Yep. As I told you yesterday or the other day on the show, Devin Booker for sure has to be on my first team. Okay. Okay. So that's four. Now, I really, I'm really struggling with this one because of games played between two players. But I'm just going to go with my gut, and I got Kevin Durant. Okay. Who Who are you struggling about? Who is it, Katie? Or Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant or Luka Doncic. That's who I was struggling with, with for first team. Okay. 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 And the reason being with Kevin Durant is because of games play. Wasn't because of anything else other than, you know, he hasn't played what he's only played in about 50, maybe 50 games or so this year, uh, if that many. Um, but those are my five. So I have Giannis, Joel Embiid, Jokic, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker. It's interesting. It's, it's interesting to me. Um, you know, when we talk about, Dom was talking about DeRozan staying in the MVP conversation for a while and how that's weighed in. And BJ's talking about Kevin Durant. And I think, had KD's injury been timed a little differently, I don't know how different opinions would be. Like if he was out now, as opposed to a couple of months ago, how much factor would that play in? Because for my team, I've gone with Jokic and I've put Jokic in the first team and Embiid in the second team because I just think uh, we're going to stick to the, the centers are going to be the centers. I think it should be positionless. I think it should just be the top five players. I think it's mad that we have to do this because then you have like guys like DeRozan's eligible at forward and guard, but how many minutes has he really played as a guard this season for the Bulls? And then you've got LeBron's eligible at forward and a guard, but he was starting games at center. So why is he not? Like when I first did this, I had Jokic and Embiid in the first team and LeBron was the center on my second team. But, you know, I've got to go with the rules. So I've gone with Jokic. Giannis, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic. And I put John Morant in my first team because he's 
being out now in the tail end of the season where all the other guys are filling up the headlines. But we got to remember just the impact he was making. And I get the Grizzlies are winning without him, but that doesn't take away from the impact he had on the court when he was playing. They were talking about this is the new face of the league. This is he should be in most improved player and MVP conversations. He was going and lighting up arenas, doing a tour of America and everyone standing on their feet to watch him play. So I put John Morant in the first team because he was doing that from the very start. And I think he set the tone and made this Grizzlies team believe that they can do what they're doing right now whilst he's out. So I'm, I'm interested to see where you guys have got John, some of these other guys in your second teams. What's your, what's your list again? You, you have Jokic, who's that? Giannis? Giannis, Booker. Luca and John Moran. That's who I've got. So I'm, I always get really nervous doing these lists in case I forget someone blatantly <laughs> obvious. You ever get that? Like, it's like, you, you know, when you're in school and you do the maths exam and you're doing the maths and it's like, you've got a calculator with you, but it's like two plus two is four, but you put it in the calculator just to be safe. That's how I feel about oh, doing absolutely. the NBA teams. Just like, have I forgot someone really obvious? But Dom, hit me with your second team, All NBA. Who are you rocking with? So my second team, obviously, Embiid is going to be on the center spot. I am going to have Kevin Durant there in a forward. The other forward, I'm going to go Jason Tatum. Then with the guards, I'm going Steph and Ja. So, so that was kind of where I was going when I was talking about the first team is what you were saying with Ja. And I, I totally agree with you with these teams. Uh, it, it's awards and teams. I went and I listed out all the players that I thought were eligible the other day on Twitter for all NBA teams. And I totally forgot to write Luca there, even though he was on my first mm-hmm. team. It is hard when you're listing guys out. But to, to your point with Jaw, I'll be super happy if he does make first team. That is currently my favorite player to watch. I totally agree with everything you said. I think he was pretty much a fringe MVP candidate this year. For me, it's a, for him and KD, actually, it's literally a matter of, of games played with KD missing the time he did with Jaw still missing the time that he's missed. He's missed probably the last two or three weeks of this season and then the beginning of this season he had a chunk of time miss uh i'm not one of the people that go oh the grizzlies don't need him he doesn't impact that much winning because they're 20 and 2 without him i think that's ridiculous i just think they're a really well put together team but for them to be able to do anything serious in the playoffs i i'm not fooled they still need john moran uh but he would uh, he would 100 percent be a lock for first team i believe if he if he had you know just played a couple more games with stuff i've seen a lot uh, you know a lot of people had him's first team as well i had to bump him down because there was like a stretch from no i think i, I, think I counted mm. from like the end of November to January, where he was shooting like 34%. It was, from it was like when he when he broke the record, after that, it just he just fell off the cliff. Yeah. And, and the me, thing was getting up to the record, he was slumping too, was the thing. It was like that was where it was starting. So it was a it was a really big stomp, slump with stuff. And that's why I had to had to couldn't do first team for him this year. I feel that I respect it. BJ, what's your second team looking like? Okay, so my second group is uh, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan, and John Moran. Okay. Okay, that's interesting to me. You've got LeBron James, second team All-NBA, despite the Lakers season this season, if we're going to be nice and call it that. Explain to me why you put him second team All-NBA, because I don't have him in my second team. Yeah, okay. Great question. Well, you know, the way I look at the game and, you know, the way the guys are hit, the way the guys are played in the game, but now it's truly, even though we don't call it small ball as much anymore, 
it's still a positionless game. And for him to still be averaging 30 points a game at this stage of his career, regardless whether he's winning or not, it's still an, an amazing accomplishment. Uh, he's still shooting and playing, shooting the, at a high percentage. Um, and he's still playing, you know, at a very high level. So, you know, I, I just thought, you know, he's played all five positions literally on both sides of the ball. And respectfully, I think he, you know, even though he is, he may not be able to shoulder that low and win games, he's still been, he's still been able to put up terrific individual performances. And um, I, I thought he was, I thought that warrants where he played at this year. Now I'm, I'm going to ask a question. And I think if anyone's listening to the show for the first time, they're going to think I'm a hater. But I can assure you I'm not a hey. I just want to pose the question, okay? When we look at LeBron's numbers this year and these 30-point games and 40-point games and so on and so forth, are they as meaningful as the 30-point games we've seen throughout his career so far? Because I'm just saying, I've seen a lot of games where the Lakers are down big and he's still in the game to get his numbers. So that 30 points, but you're losing by 10, 15, 20. Is that as meaningful as a 30-point performance that actually contributes to the winning of basketball games? That was my question. That was that, that was actually where, you know, and I'm, I'll talk about that too when we get to where I had LeBron. But as he was talking about it, that was the question that formed in my head because I paid a lot of attention to the Lakers this year, um, to my own peril, and <laughs> what, what, what's been happening with LeBron. And I'm like, to, short answer, I'll let BJ go, but like short short answer to your question is, for me, no. It's like it, it can't be as impactful as some of the – it's not as impactful as, as it's been in his career. I'll just put it that way. BJ? Well, I, again, these are very subjective. So, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I'm very respectful to what, how people see the game. And, you know, when I look at this, I go, okay, who, who do I see as my top 10, which is, okay, I, I get it. You know, it is what it is. I'm, I'm not here to, to defend his body of work, what he's doing. But when he was on the floor and you're looking at an individual player, his numbers are up there with anyone's when he's on the floor. Oh, oh, now you can, you can start saying what he did five years ago or eight years ago. That has nothing to do when he, I'm looking at his 55 or 60 games, whatever he'll play. What did he do? I saw a guy that was averaging 30 points a night shooting what 50% from the field doing whatever. And that's, that's what I'm looking at. So I, I think that's probably the former player in me where I just look at where you're at and when he was there and not try to compare, because if I get into the comparing, I can see it and I understand your argument, but when he was available, it was 30 a night. Okay. <laughs> We're not talking about winning. We just the guy got 30. However, he got his 30, he got it. I don't have to agree with it, but he got it. <laughs> and that's you know what I mean? That's that's just where it is what it is. You you I just I'm just trying to look at the game without any you. judgment to it. I feel, I find it difficult to discuss LeBron because you walk a thin tightrope of if you say negative things about him or question him, everyone thinks that you are trying to be skip bayless and you're a hater. And all of a sudden you're Michael Jordan standing and it just becomes a conversation, I guess, out of hand. So I have to be careful how I, you know, word those questions about LeBron James. But for me, you know, I don't have him on my second team. I have Jason Tatum ahead of him for his body of work this season. 
putting up numbers, more available with more games. So my second team is Embiid, who should be in the first team, but, you know, the positions. Embiid, Kevin Durant, DeMar DeRozan, Jason Tatum, and Stephen Curry. That's my second team. Now, BJ, I was surprised because over here, we call you the point guard guru. So I thought you would have Chris Paul maybe slotting into one of these teams. But who's your third team? Do you have CP on that third team? My third team is Carl Anthony Towns. Yep. Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, and Chris Paul. That's on my third team. Donovan Mitchell. That's interesting. Uh, Dom, what are your thoughts about, about that? Donovan Mitchell, when I was listing out the names, I, I feel like a lot of people have kind of forgotten him as an All-NBA selection this year. When I was listing out the names of just eligible for these 15 spots, I did have Mitchell come up there. Uh, I don't know if you want me to name my team yet, but it, he's had uh, he's had a better season than he had last year. And I, I think he's definitely worthy. He's worthy of an All-NBA selection. There's 15 spots. It's hard to slot all of those, but it, that's definitely a name that, that did come up. That's 100% a name that came up. I think, you know, be, being on the Utah Jazz, there's a lot of negativity surrounding that squad right now because of the, the very predictable, <laughs> impending, like, first or second round exit. But Mitchell is, is, is still doing his thing. Though. I, I don't think it's, it's even impending. I think it's like the last two games we've seen them blow 20-plus point leads. <laughs> I think they've started yeah. the playoffs two weeks early. They're ahead of schedule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but who's your who's your 13-wall oh, NBA, Dom? So my third team, uh, center, I've got Cat. Love the season he's having. Love what they've done with the Wolves. Uh, Jimmy Butler's injury woes, but I, when he's been there for the Heat, he, he's been finishing really good. Um, he does a lot of other things than just shoot. They got LeBron on my third team. He still had to make an All-NBA team. Uh, Chris Paul's obviously got a guard spot. I actually went Trey Young for my other guard spot. Mm. I feel you. Why did you go with Trey? Because the Hawks, similar to you know the Lakers, they have been a big-time disappointment when it comes to team records this season. Thing with Trey is still, you know, and coming into this season, I feel like he had been slightly better than he even was last year. Thing with the Hawks as a whole is, A, they dealt with a lot of injuries this year. I think because of that, their defense could never quite reach a level of what helped them get to that run. But Trey individually has been great, though. Um, super, one of the best, you know, highest IQ players in the league, you know, manipulating pick and rolls. You have very few options when guarding him this season. Like, he's using Clint Capella as a roller right now. John Collins is, you know, maybe out indefinitely, but when you got those guys in the pick and roll it's like what do you do with Trey? It's, it's, you know, he has the Steph range on him he's got the floater or he's gonna be lobbing it to a center I think he's done a, a great job of that all year and uh, at you know a late push in the season they spent a lot of time in that 10th seed but it looks like they they're it's a 50 50 chance they're about to be able to play into the playoffs I don't expect another run like they had last year but uh it, I, I feel like if he had you know stayed in that 10th spot or even fell out of the play and as it looked like they would do earlier in the season I probably would have went Mitchell um but Trey Young individual I felt like his season might have been slept on because of the Hawks not being as good as they were last year. I feel like he's, he's probably been a bit better than he was. How much do you weigh offense versus defense when it comes to all NBA team selections? Because Trey Young, as amazing as he is on the offensive side, defensively still leaves a lot to be desired. Oh, it for sure weighs. It for sure weighs, but that's also, you know, that goes into why I've probably had LeBron as like a, a third team member rather than a second team. This isn't, hasn't been really a great year for him defensively. You know, he's missed games too. That weighs into it. But I'm looking at Trey Young. Yeah, defensively, not great. John Morant's another guy that's really not great at it. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, though, I don't think he's that great of a defensive guard either. I, you know, everything that happens with Utah right now with, with their, you know, Rudy Gobert getting caught in, in terrible spots has a lot to do with their perimeter players. And it's not just the other guys. It's not just Clarkson or whoever else. Like, I see Donovan Mitchell get beat a lot too or not fight over screens. And so 
I, I don't even see that. I see some possessions. He just doesn't pay attention. Like I've seen. Yeah, there was one against the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. You just see him just stood there. Like he's in traffic and he's just letting the cars pass him by. And his, his man just cuts straight to the hoop and takes a layup. So for me, for my third team, I think Cat, LeBron, CP3 and Jimmy Butler, they're all pretty calm. I think we, we've all shared those guys in our, in our squad so far. So the fifth spot is really interesting to me because you make a good case for Trey. BJ's obviously, you know, said Donovan Mitchell. I think a guy that might be worthy of consideration because I haven't locked in this final spot. I'm still in like split between these guys. Pascal Siakam really intrigues me because he's been playing. And I've been making jokes about Pascal Siakam for years about how he just has one spin move and that's it. But he has really impressed me this season. And the Raptors, you know, talking about the Hawks making a late season push, the Raptors have made a late season push too. You know, they've got their way up into the sixth seed right now and they look like they're, you know, getting better with OG returning and finding his feet again. So Pascal Siakam has really intrigued me into whether or not, because he missed a lot of time. That's the other thing. He missed time, but I like what he's done since he's returned. Maybe that's just a little bit biased because he's done it more recently. But for me, Trey's defense is the reason I can't put him as an all-NBA player because I think defense often gets overlooked like massively. And I get, you know, John Morant isn't a great defender, but at least he competes. And that for me is all the difference. Like, yeah, technically you might not be a lockdown defender, but he still competes and he'll still try and fight through a screen and still try to play off on his man. Whereas Trey, I don't know whether it's just the physical limitations, but he's got the quickness. So for me, the defense is why I keep him out. So for me, it's a toss up between Donovan Mitchell but again, the defense is a concern. So I'm giving that to Pascal Siakam right there. What do you guys think about Siakam's yeah. season? Siakam's having a great season, by the way. Uh, he, he's another person I, I saw people kind of laughing at when you, you know, when you put up consideration for all NBA teams. And I'm going, man, you just really haven't been paying attention. He is really coming to his own. I think he's taken an improvement that we were kind of waiting for after the 2019 NBA Finals. Um, like you said, the Raptors have jumped. They were also in that play-in. They're now, what, fifth? They probably won't get the yeah. fourth, but I think they're on the fifth seed. Yeah, Siakam's having a heck of a season. I think for me, I just couldn't, I, with the position limitations, I couldn't find a spot for him. But yeah, that's a, that's a name that I expect to see on some lists. And I'll be interested to see if he really does make it. Well, they've got LeBron at eligible as a guard and a forward. And Jimmy Butler, I assume, is eligible at guard and a forward as well. So that's why I'm like, I see. The, the, the whole thing makes no sense. Because yeah. Luca, DeRozan, Tatum, LeBron, they're all eligible at guard and forward. Jokic and Embiid are eligible at, eligible at forward and center. So it's only really like the pure point guards who are limited. So it's only the Chris Pauls and John Rants and Steph Currys that are limited by position. So I find that interesting. BJ, obviously as an agent, I wanted to know what's your thoughts on last year. There was a big controversy of Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell missing out on contracts incentives. I think Tatum missed out on 20 M's because he wasn't selected to the all NBA team that he needed to be on. How do you look at that in terms of weighing into players contracts when they're negotiating those? You know, it's always interesting because you know, it's like everything, everyone has an agenda or a hidden agenda when you go into these things. I, I think most of the people who are selecting these teams, you know, you look at the way the game is played today. And, you know, it's interesting that we still look at positions and you'll say, you know, Steph Curry is a point guard. Well, he's not. You know, you look at John Morant. No, he's not a traditional point guard. You know, you don't score like these guys are scoring <laughs> as a traditional point guard. You know, if anything, right now, Chris Paul is probably the last of a, of a dying breed, 
in a traditional sense. And he even at times now, well, not at times in the fourth quarter, Chris Paul reverts back and probably plays more like today's players or today's game. And, you know, and, and I say this, say the following, you know, these young players, Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell, when they're coming into this game, they're trying to figure out who they are and what they are. And a lot of times, you know, you don't know who these guys are, who they're going to be when they come into this league. You know, you take Donovan Mitchell. I don't think any of us thought that Donovan Mitchell was going to be this prolific of a score. I, well, I remember size. I remember people talking about Donovan Mitchell's defense when he was coming out of the draft. I remember them saying, oh, yeah. he's going to be like D-Wade, but he can lock guys down. And it's like the opposite has happened. Yeah, yeah. And and I just think you, you just don't know. So, you know, it, it, it's great when these players come in, but you, you, you begin to realize as an agent, as a player, that there's so many wonderful players. Right. Um, and every year, you know, like, you know, when I remember when Pascal Siakam, you know, when he got his big contract, we thought that was going to be him blossoming into this player. And then suddenly it didn't happen for him. And then all of a sudden you see the emergence of, of Fred Van Fleet, and then Siakam suddenly he reappears again. So you don't know it, every year is different, you know. But when I could, when I start to see trends like year in and year out, guys playing and meeting the expectations, and that and that's why I have Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is continuing to score at a clip regardless of what's going on, and I'm saying okay, he's got something figured out. You know, DeMar DeRozan, for, he, to me, DeMar DeRozan is what this league is all about. DeMar DeRozan has been scoring like this since he came into this league. It's just suddenly now, it's kind of like, I feel like the light just shined on him and we're saying, oh, DeMar DeRozan can score. I mean, like, no, he, the he's mid-range been scoring. in Chicago, that's a beautiful go, thing. That's a beautiful he's thing. Been, <laughs> he's been doing this. For quite some time, we got away from the mid-range game, you know, but to his credit, he has played his game and figured out how to play his style of play in today's game, just like Chris Paul. And that's why I give the centers today so much credit is because the centers, they've had the most difficult adjustment out of all of the players in the way the game is played today of adjusting. So, uh, you know, you know I, I think Siakam, if he continues to play like this, next year when I expect him to play like this, then maybe I give him the nod. But I remember when he got that, that deal. I remember when they won the, the championship, I thought, God, he looks like a player who's ready to emerge and take that next step. And this is what's so impressive when you see John Morant. Now, if John Morant comes back next year and he does what he's doing this year when I expect him to do it, because I, I thought he had, you know, I didn't think he was going to do this this year. Then you really catch my attention. Giannis, Jokic, hey, Jokic now is suddenly now you're saying, how good can this guy really be? He's better this year than he was in his MVP year. That's why he should be MVP That's again. What's, but, but you can make that argument from the numbers. You know, but all of those guys, Embiid, you can make an argument. Giannis, you can make, we can spit, sit here all day. Mm. But I just love it when players are able to meet the expectations because it is way more difficult to play when 
people expect you to be good and you reach it than when you just sneak up on people. And that to me is the true testament of a true professional um, in what all of these players, but you know, they, you know, we can go on and on and, and I think you can't go wrong with any of them, but uh, it's fun to do this exercise. Most definitely, man. I appreciate both of you sharing your teams and you guys who are listening to this at home, make sure you tweet us your all NBA teams. I want to know what you guys think. Join the conversation on the timeline, get involved. Dom, we appreciate your time. Before you go, just out of curiosity, because BJ and I were just doing our TV show over here in the UK, and I've still got Jokic for MVP. BJ had MB, but now he's got Giannis right up there as well. Who's your oh, I got Giannis. I have Giannis. You had MB up until recent, and now yes, it's Giannis. Yes, yes. Dom, who's your pick? A specific moment is Jokic. Giannis is like right here. Like it could change in the last week. I've wanted more MVP love for Giannis this entire year. I'm glad that he's finally slotted into that second spot. Um, it's like it's like neck and neck right here. But my sense is that it's going to end up being Jokic. So that's that's what all signs are pointing to at the moment. I mean, only time is going to tell that straw poll that ESPN did uh, had Jokic leading. And no matter whatever Nick Wright is saying on his show, I saw that yesterday <laughs> where he did a whole thing about about why stats are inaccurate, but it's the same stats he uses to campaign for LeBron being better than everyone else. I found that hilarious. I don't know about you guys. That really made me laugh. But this has been another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast presented by NBA 2K22. Dom, thank you for joining us. Let the people know if they don't already know, I'm assuming all the NBA fans already know you, but if they don't, where can they find you in your content? Yeah, mostly on YouTube, Dom underscore 2K. Well, I think it's there. It's just Dom 2K. You'll find everything. Uh, Twitch, Dom underscore 2K. Twitter, Dom underscore 2K. You just put Dom 2K into the internet. You will find all my NBA content. There you go, man. Stay tuned. A lot coming on the way. BJ, thank you once again for your time. And as always, Appreciate thank you guys it. for listening. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. And most importantly, get buckets. <laughs>